Are you aware of the connection between this movie and another movie from 2008 called Step Brothers? No. In the movie Step Brothers, you may recall the scene when Brennan, played by Will Ferrell, and Dale, played by John C. Riley, meet Derek, Brennan's brother. And they hated him, and they bond over hating him. The whole scene where they're like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. You remember all that. So then they continue to be best friends right when they say that. It kicks into the Hall & Oates song, you make, my, you make my dreams come yeah. true. Okay. You might recall when they sit down and they're watching Above the Law. Oh, my God. Hold on. Yeah. Because that, my friend, is probably what most of our listeners said. Oh, yeah. That's the connection. No, sir. Okay. The real connection is, do you know what John C. Riley's debut film was? He's not in this movie. He's in Above the Law, Max. In the bar scene... When Nico goes in there and starts smashing people up, yeah. he plays a thug in that bar scene. Now, look. Did I you find him? I did not find him. <laughs> He's uncredited. Okay. But it is it has both been verified and noted by IMDb yeah. and by him personally. Okay. And so in Step Brothers, when they're yeah. watching Above the Law, that is absolutely a wink and tip of the hat to John C. Riley's first movie that he was ever in, which is Above the Law. To any of our listeners, if you can find him, <laughs> I will send you a t-shirt. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, you guys might think you're above the law, but you're not above mine. How does that relate to Sonic Loans? Well, not at all. Charlie and his team, not only are they not above the law, they are right in line with the law. They're an upstanding group of gentlemen and ladies who are going to make sure that you have the best loan you could possibly get. Percentage, PMI, the experience, the fees, the cost. Yes, uh, breaking someone's arm. Running like uh, Peg Bundy, <laughs> Katie Seagal. Um, 
Sonic Loans is the one-stop shop when you're trying to find a loan for your house. You're really just winging it today, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to Sonic Loans today. Let them know that uh, Buzz in the Tower sent you. They'll take care of you. They'll treat you like family. Reach out today and they'll get you (laughs) a great loan. Nico's in the mafia, kind of. He is. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com for a free consultation called 248-595-0001. Finally, our ads <laughs> align with the movie because if you think you're above the law, Bolton Legal Group is above the law. There's a lot going on, but that's where Bolton Legal Group comes in and they separate the real from the unreal. Would they be able to? Sure, okay. sure. They're going to be like, listen, you got to make sure you got to take care of your partner, Jax. Hmm. Jax took a 12 gauge to the chest and yep. walked. And that's what a bulletproof vest will do. <laughs> Bolton Legal Group is your premier attorneys. They're efficient, they're aggressive, bird law. Uh, criminal drug trafficking law. Steven Seagal law. Well, that's unfortunately there's a lot to do with Steven Seagal law, but whatever the case might be, reach out to Bolton Legal Group today. They're going to take care of you. They're going to make sure that you get the best legal experience possible. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to, to love the law. Today's episode Above the law, a martial arts expert and former CIA agent, Nico Toscani, played by Steven Seagal, is working as a Chicago cop when a relatively routine drug trafficking investigation leads to an international conspiracy. Soon, Nico and his partner, Dolores Jax Jackson, played by Pam Greer, are the targets of mysterious and powerful criminals, but he refuses to back down. As Nico gets deeper into the case, he must contend with an old adversary, corrupt CIA operative. Kurt Zagan, played by Henry Silva. And that, Max, is an unnecessarily complicated <laughs> script written for the greatest Steven Seagal movie ever made. Whoa. T- today on Buzz in the Tower, we are going to talk all things above the law. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the broken wrist to my Aikido, Max Sanders. And with that, I feel something warm and wonderful. Think about it. I love it. I enjoy the shit out of it. Do it together. You've always been alone. Now you're going to be with me. Together, you're my number one guy. <laughs> what was he doing? He's got a lot of Jack Palance in him. Am that I, am I that right? is Jack Palance on horse stimulants. Yes, I've never heard of horse stimulants, but I'd like to. I don't know. Learn like more they're so them. big, so like horse tranquilizers, you know, knock calm people. you down. Yeah, yeah no, I got you. Right? I mean, it's a it's a reasonable thing to say. I've just never heard of it. Like horses seem pretty fired up as it is. Do you yeah. really want to stimulate them? Well, you don't party the way it's I like do. Squirrel stimulants. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a squirrel stimulant. <laughs> this is the adrenaline from a squirrel. Everything about this movie, Max, turns you on. It's it's just something. It's just something, Max. It's like when you act, it's like, yeah, let's say you had a magic brownie at like three in the morning and you put a bunch of things together you think are going to be good. Like you have like spicy popcorn and Swiss mix, chocolate mix and some sprinkles and some Canadian bacon. And you're like, this is going to be good. And then you realize the next day you were just really high. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right into something. What? Miraculously, Roger Ebert liked this movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't look it up. Oh, even. You should have looked it up. He gave it three stars. And I just want to read why. I just want to <laughs> read you. I want to read you an insert of that he of, of his two-page long review. Okay. His first movie is above the law, and it's nothing if not ambitious. It yep. Could, it, it, here's the best line. The best line of what he wrote. 
It contains 50% more plot than is needed, but that allows it room to grow in areas not ordinarily covered in action thrillers. When was the last time you saw Norris or Schwarzenegger in a film where they ran cars through walls and killed people with their bare hands and then went to mass, stood up at baptisms, meditated, hugged their wives, kitted their partners, and made speeches about the need for free and open society? <laughs> if the film is an audition... It demonstrates that Seagal will try anything. <laughs> Tell me that's not the best review of this movie. It this could be movie, the negative, too. This yeah. movie is the most overambitious yeah. B-movie B action film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's going for, like, the Oscar. Can we get the obvious out of the way? What? Well, I guess we should do something even before we do that. Welcome to the show. Hi. This is Buzz in the Tower, where we talk about Seagal movies. Yeah, and, and I'm wearing uh, socks. And you're wearing socks. That was a whole ordeal, yep. as per usual, because you're a or three-year-old. I'm going to give three-year-olds like a bad name. You're like a poor-trained German Shepherd. I'll take it. Oh, German Shepherds are cute. You're like a poor-trained pug. I'll take it. A lot, are of, awesome. lot of heavy breathing. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> mouth kill breathing. me. <laughs> what that's God what would every, make that's me. That's what every pug looks like. <laughs> yeah. Every pug is like, kill me. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, did you enjoy the uh, Quado in the uh, new Rick and Morty? Did I miss the Quado? It comes out of Rick's stomach. Prime Rick's stomach. Completely missed it. Yeah. I'd like, I, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it. I was kind of yeah. distracted when I was watching it. If this is your first time listening to the show, please make sure you subscribe, follow, leave a five star review, and a few little words if you would. You can also get more content on our TikTok page at Buzz in the Tower, B U Z Z N the Tower website, buzzinthetower.com, where you can get officially licensed merchandise, which is great for this time of year. Hanukkah, Christmas, you name it. We Kwanzaa. Got it. There you go. Not Kwanzaa. Just kidding, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa happens. It does. <laughs> I don't know that it's. I don't know that you get people buzzing the tower T-shirts. So Kwanzaa, someone could educate me. Otherwise, I don't know. Uh, I hope someone tags us. Patreon.com/slash buzzing the tower, where you can Kwanzaa. join us and uh, support the show. And Max, today we're talking about all things above the law. Although a couple quick plugs. Number one, the University of Michigan and their cheating coach Jim Harbaugh, who I love, mm. just beat Maryland. And next week is the showdown in Motown. Yeah, except it's not Motown. I'm not feeling Harbaugh. great. Are you? I I don't know. JJ man. looks hurt. He's fine. Okay. I think that the only thing that you could do to that Michigan team to give them more of a competitive edge than cheating. Is put a chip on their shoulder. And I this said whole cheap thing more. Is, just go for it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, we all know how you have absolutely no horse stimulants you have no for morality. everyone. You have no morals. <laughs> you you don't believe in morality. No, I don't think you believe that there's such a thing. I believe you I, believe in being good to people. Yeah, I'm marrying someone who's good, and I'm treating her well. Can I ask though? Yep. Do you believe that being good to people is something moral, or are you just so scared of the repercussions that you're just willing to be good to people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think you're just so scared of people, like, hurting and wronging you that you're like, I'm going to make everybody happy so that I'm nice and warm and protected. Yeah. Why don't you do that with me Why wearing socks? I just want you to wear socks in the studio. If I thought about it for more than five seconds, you treat me like such a child, I think I react like a child sometimes. Oh, it's my fault. At my job, I'm, like, the I'm the mo. Like, I'm the adult with everybody. But that that and is then a I huge issue. And then I come here, and I'm, it's like... Dropping your toddler off at Jamboree. At my job. I'm going to. Jamboree. Yeah, it's okay. Same yeah. thing. I'm going to. Well, I was going to say. Where's gonna, my parachute? I was going to say I'm going to throw a mustache and like thick rim glasses on, but I already have a mustache. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come over to Skeeps. I just want to watch you manage. Because when I was at Skeeps, yeah. you were not the mo of Skeeps. You no. were just like, oh. General Bartender. I'm Sax Manders. I'm going in today to clean for two hours. Unbelievable. Just to like help just out. Just to clean. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of guy you are, but you can't wear socks in the studio. It's unbelievable. Well, I don't wear socks at Skeeps either. Oh man, um, lines are good. I'm also super excited to see you wearing another one of your incredibly graphic T-shirts. 
was just sleeveless because I'm giving another seizure <laughs> looking at all your tattoos. Uh, yeah. So we talked about Michigan. I think they're going to, I could be wrong. I think they're going to murder Ohio State. Oh my God. I love that. The Detroit football Lions yeah. are playing today against the Chicago Bears. The, the Lions, let me tell you, only one stat that you need to hear at, what are we, almost two thirds through the season? Pretty yes. close, right? There are three teams in the NFL who have less than two losses. Do you know who those three teams are? The Eagles, the Chiefs, and you? And what do all those teams have in common? Nothing. But two of those teams, <laughs> two of those teams were in the Super Bowl last year, and the third is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and they're playing this week too. So you're they're gonna have a loss if you have a you're win. Darn tune. I'm really pulling for the Eagles to lose because this is this is the inflex point. The Eagles schedule is brutal for the rest of the year. Yeah. The Lions, they could lose, but they don't have a tough schedule. You didn't put down my bet ten to one. I couldn't find it. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, Not Lions hard. for the best I record. I tried about as hard as you did to remember to put your socks on. All right, <laughs> we covered the Lions. We covered the ba- duh, Bears. Just kidding. We covered the Lions. We covered Michigan. I think we're ready to talk about above the law. I, as a starting point, I know I'm always apologetic on these podcasts whenever we talk about a topic that I think is like not that great. Let me just the, – the, the, Those are the most fun ones. It is, but let me just say, the elephant in the room, Steven Seagal is a monster. The stories that I've heard about him and like – What's your favorite Steven Seagal story? Oh, off the God, I mean, have you listened to Jenny McCarthy get interviewed about no. her interactions with Seagal? <laughs> Google Jenny McCarthy talking about Steven Seagal. It's like literally like, uh, I'm going to need you to take your clothes off to audition for oh this. My like, God. He's a creep. So my favorite is. Oh, boy. Here we go. What do you e- got? Every day he eats a trifle, a full trifle. Do you know what a trifle is? A trifle is an English dessert of sponge cake coated in sherry custard and whipped cream. It's he- like one of those. Remember like when. Uh, Jennifer Aniston and Friends made that oh, big cake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. that. Joey but it, loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's an actual cake, not the ground beef. He, he today looks like that's what he eats every day. He didn't what, always used to look Yeah, but way. I'm saying every day of his yeah. life since like he's that, been famous. That's, that's cute and playful. I'm more talking about like the- That's diabetic. He is the, probably one of the founding fathers of the Me Too revolution. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he, yikes. All right, anyways. And he's like Russia's buddy. Yeah. Do you know his backstory? About a Russian Jew immigrant stuff? Yeah. Or? We'll talk about we'll it talk later. About yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about above the law. Okay. So You can't talk about this without Seagal. Seagal's like, what? Ma- it's the spice that makes this exciting. It's him Van, him and Van Damme are in their own category of this B-level, they'll do anything. You said Roger Eber is really into that he's willing to try anything yeah. and really go for it. Yeah. Him and Van Damme really had no self-awareness, so right. they were allowed to do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Like I, Norris is in a different category because he's more stern and Clint Eastwoody. Well, and Norris cut his teeth in the actual in the genre. I mean, he was in Bruce Lee. Movies. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the wild thing about Norris is that what? like uh, there's very few people. Like you know, you and I are both hairier dudes. There's very few people I ever grew up being like, okay, like it's Robin Williams and Chuck Norris are the only two people in Hollywood who are exceptionally hairy and popular. Interesting. Think about it. Yeah. So I know there's a weird Max tangent for you, but like I can't think. No, of I love else it. Who is like. How's Mel Gibson? No, 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 not like those two. Come no, on. you're right. Danny Glover had kind of the, no, he had the taco meat. He had the top. Yeah, the, the, I don't know what the taco meat means. I'm just not the chest it. hair that's curly. That's that's African American chest hair. I have taco meat and chest hair. You have Jewish chest hair. Should I do an ancestry.com thing uh, and figure it out? Is princess? Danny Glover my dad? No, not at all. That'd be he's so he's cool. all of our dads. That'd be great. I'd be so confused as to why you are the way you are. <laughs> Danny Glover is your dad. <laughs> He'd be so disappointed in you. By the way, this this movie. Is interesting because of all of the martial arts films that I've ever seen. Okay. Would you call this a martial arts film or a cop movie? Okay. Cop thriller. That's a fair point. Let, yeah. me, let me change how I'm saying this. Of all of the martial arts action that I've ever seen yep. in a movie, do you make the case that Se- I, I, I want to preface this. I know in real life that Seagal would get killed by a Girl Scout. Like he'd have cardiac arrest. I know it's all fake. 
is but, is he actually good at martial arts? We're, we're, well, I, I recommend that you stay away from using the word martial because you still can't say it. You're saying martial, martial, martial arts, kung fu. Just say kung fu. Yep. you like it more. Aikido. Aikido. You can do Aikido because you know Aikido's the dog. You like yeah. that. If you just look at their fighting in the movies mm-hmm. as your measurement, right? Not what they can do in real life, but what they do in the movies. He wins. He beats everyone. He beats Schwarzenegger. He beats Stallone. He beats Van Damme. He beats everyone. He is the most violent destroyer of enemies <laughs> in all film. He never really gets beat up unless he's tied to a chair. Outside of John Wick, give me someone who more violently destroys people. Well, no, John Wick actually gets messed up. But take the messed out part completely out of it. Okay. I need you to do me a favor. I know you're terrible at this. I need you to actually listen to what I'm asking you. Seven. Follow the bouncing ball. Yeah. Of all of the fighting... Who fights more dangerously and violently? Like he, he is surrounded by like six gun thugs at a time, and like he just starts doing hand to hand. And not just that he does, yeah. hand, not not just the hand to hand, right? Because there's other guys because like, he just shoots a guy. Like because Miyagi, right? Miyagi, you would make the case like does the defense and never takes a clean hit. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm saying like if you're in a bar fight, yep, who are you taking in with you? Not based in real world, based on movies. You're taking Seagal. Like when he's with those guys and they're like, you're not going to shoot us all. And he shoots one of them. He's just, like, just I'll make take a statement. Yeah. Who, who out there is more like violent, aggressive, like destructive? Who comes even close? I mean, I'll, I'm going to I'm opening this up to all generations. Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher is close. That's about it. I don't know. You know, they had to cut stuff out of this movie to keep it in an R rating. Yeah, in Germany, they in 2006 they released the super violent one. Oh wow! Yeah, we need to find that. I bet there's some. I bet there's some rated X stuff in that where he's like, yeah, I don't, we need I don't it even in think there. it's sexual. I don't think it's sexual. You don't think so? No, I think it's, I think that's what I'm saying. Under I think, siege. I know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's violence. <laughs> Come here, toots. Mark for dead. Yeah, him and uh, Lisa from uh, Kelly Brock, yeah, his wife. Kelly Brock. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know, Max. Like, I just at the end of the day, when he is fighting people. Yep. The, I mean. That there's this one fight scene. I think it's when they're in the bodega bar. Wait, wait, wait I'm not sure which one. Where the shopkeeper's like, "Oh God, yeah, no, yeah, yeah." They're in the bodega, yeah. and he does the the crossbar yep. against the guy's <laughs> neck. He's yeah. like two feet away, and he basically what's that called? Not a crossbar. It's a clothesline. Clothesline. Yeah. When he clotheslines that yeah. guy, I'm like, dude, this is the most. And by the way, all the choreographing was him. Yep. All the stunts was him. Like, this is who he is. Well, because when he does his normal, actual Aikido stuff, it is kind of performance, right? Because he's with his general his practitioner. Class. Yeah. He's one of, so he's actually. General practitioner. Is that right? Isn't that a doctor? I don't know. Isn't yeah. that what a general practitioner? <laughs> Maybe. You and your made up words. Well, okay. So. That, Filibuster. That brings, up a, that brings up a really good point. This is. I don't know. I've got a lot of really fun, like, I love about this movie stories. So this is Steven Seagal's debut. Yep. What a debut. He gets this movie because he goes in front of the producers, in front of the Hollywood people with his dojo. Yeah. And they don't know that it's choreographed. So they just think he's a killing machine. (laughs) And they're like, they were legitimately scared. So if you saw this out of context, is it that terrifying? Because we know the Seagal. So, yes. So in 1987, probably. But then they would have done this in 86, 85. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, this movie came out in 88. That's why it's so, okay. 86, 87. Yeah. There's, there's no YouTube. Yeah. Like, I, I just think, like, to your point, today we're so jaded, right? Like, the level of choreography, the level of CGI, all these things have to be so incredibly impressive because we know what is fake and what is not fake. And, oh, by the way, people still get duped by fake crap all the time. In the late 80s, I think you get a bunch of stuffy dudes in a room who are like, my God. And they're like, I, I, they're blown away by it. <laughs> yeah. Because what he is good at, 
is the the body movement, the the choreography. It's so the, minimal. The yeah, stoicness yeah. in his face. Yeah, this isn't Van Damme in you know going like against Chun Li going uh, like yeah. slow mo. Yeah. This is like come and cut me. Yeah. I mean, that's I know we're I know we're not going to talk about Mark for Dead, but like can we <laughs> for a brief moment when beard. when he's in when when the guy takes the knife he goes come and cut my heart out come and cut me. <laughs> Come and cut my heart out. He just, there's no inflection in his voice. No. Or is there, he's a cook on the, in Under Siege where he's like, my gumbo's the best. And, and by the way, like, talk about plots. I mean, I, I'd love to see what Ebert had to say about that. The fact that, like, oh, don't you know, Rule 65, Subsection <laughs> 2, a, uh, a retired Navy SEAL can, be a cook. can only be a cook on a submarine. <laughs> a man who's killed 6,000 other men can only make macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I think that's absolutely amazing. It is. He probably wrote that. Yeah. He's, he's wild. But he's also, I mean, uh, when you watch him in Sharon Stone yeah. and the chemistry that they have, it's laughable. Yeah. It's, it's like bad. she's like, she actually has got great ch- uh, acting chops. So and she, she's terrible in this movie. But she's not even that yeah. terrible. She actually brings real tears and she's like, what's going on? He's like, just got to trust me, babe. <laughs> you just got to trust me. I'll tell you when the time is right. I'll argue this movie is the worst acted small part movie of all time. Nana is like out of her mind. Like they picked up a delusional old woman or the CIA bartender guy with the long hair and the mullet. So uh, can we jump to that real quick? Yeah. This is great, right? So this whole film is very problematic because there's all there's too much going on. It's, there's it's so very, much. To me, is this the is this the cop action film equivalent of the frozen orange juice trade in Trading Places? Yep. Like I'm very confused by what's going on because the government has to be like the government is still supporting these CIA guys, so they have to be like, dude, so Nico, un- what so, the heck? Yeah. So just unclear. Right? Yeah, so just unclear. If let me make sure I understand this. So the CIA yep. has a, a group of black ops guys who essentially are creating drug selling connections in other countries to secure drugs, then sell them in America. And they're just making money. Yeah. There's no other like this, just them making money. Yes. Is that correct? For the government, though. But they're, they're making the money for the government. Yeah. And that and so that one governor gets whiff of state it. senator senator. Yeah. yeah. And they it, decide to blow up his aid. Who's no, at a church for no, no reason? They didn't blow. So that was that an, was accidental. That was, they they thought that the priest that was giving the sermon, yep. was the priest that had escaped from Guatemala, or who whatever. knew about their drug and it wasn't. Training. That's why Nico says they got the wrong priest. Okay, so why is the state senator's aide there? Probably because they were just. It was coincidental. He was there just to make a trade of information. Oh, got it. Because the state senator was against the drug stuff and was going to expose it, and that's where he was going to get his information from. Wow. Yeah. Not since the first Mission Impossible when I saw it. I had no idea what was going on. And then here's the best thing, too. Slide into that. Nico comes from an Italian mafia family. Like, it wasn't enough just to have all that. Which, by the way, I I have to tell you, this is where I love the movie. This is where I will agree with uh, Roger Ebert, and I will tell you that, like, it's exciting to see the, the wrinkle in the story. I love that not only do you have all of this government crap going on, then you have the the what's it called? The baptism of his kid. Yeah. And you got all the cops by the grill and all the Italian yeah. mafia guys. And like, oh, look at that pig. Didn't I pay him <laughs> off last week? And then when the you know what hits the fan, Nico's like, calling the family. I need to take the protect him. And like the cops are working with the mafia people and it's they're really strange. Like, no yeah. issue. Yeah. But this is Chicago. Yeah. This it's is a, it's Chicago. Actually, it's a good Chicago movie. It's a classic Chicago yeah. movie, right? It, this is like like the, you feel it. The grit. Yeah. The, the old and, mafia grit. This running scared and thief. 
Wow, there's one movie you didn't mention. No, in the 80s. I know. Yeah. There's one movie you didn't mention. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? No, sir. That's a good Chicago <laughs> movie. That's a great Chicago movie. But relevant to this movie, there's another Chicago movie that you didn't mention. Uh, Code, Code of, of Silence. Silence. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on. All right. Let's take a minute I, to I, talk about Code of Silence. I think of them as the same movie. They are the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I almost think we have to wait until we talk about characters because of the overlapping characters. Okay. Okay, so we'll wait. We'll wait on talking about Code of Silence. I've got a bunch of facts. You've got a bunch of facts. Let's jump into them. Henry Silva broke Steven Seagal's nose in the final fight scene. Did you know that? It looked real. Yeah. He had to ice it all night. Yeah. I mean, literally the entire night to keep the black eye from coming in so he can continue shooting the So that's day. probably karma because remember he trained Sean Connery for a movie and broke his wrist? Yes, I so do. So I think it comes back to him. I guess. I mean, yeah. I, that's, but I, I if, like if there's really such a thing as karma, Steven Seagal would be dead. <laughs> this, this does make me happy, though, because Seagal... I want him to be a tough guy, right? Because he looks like he might be a prima donna who yeah. actually doesn't ever get hurt. But yeah. he he toughed it out. I'm also a huge fan. Um, Bloodsport did this. A lot of movies do this. But that intro at the beginning that gives you the history. Oh, yeah. And it shows, like, those are real pictures of Seagal when he was a baby. It seems like his real life story. The sword fighting and all that stuff. That's his dojo. Those are actually his guys. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It was just it was so cool. And, and he's fluent in Japanese. Oh, and you're yeah. like, of okay, course, who is this guy? Of course. And he's got that cool voice. He and does. he's tall. Yeah. He's Is he handsome? That's a question. He's scary handsome. Yeah. He's got that, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's mysterious. Handsome. Yeah, he's something, dude. Yeah. Seagal, he was 36 in this, too. Seagal said that uh, in an interview that amongst his first five films that he did, Nico Toscani was his favorite character to play. Under Siege is better. Uh, he, this is what he said. These I are know. his favorites. Yeah. When Daniel Feraldo auditioned for this role, um, Andrew Davis thought that he was too small to intimidate Steven Seagal. So Seagal suggested that Feraldo try to scare him. So Feraldo picked up a chair and broke it over Steven Seagal's back. I love acting audition stories. Because <laughs> but they're crazy. Where people are crazy. I'm saying because if it doesn't work, it sounds like the most insane thing ever. Like Sean Young meowing on a table to be didn't Catwoman. Work. Yeah. Did not <laughs> but, work. But this didn't, guy... they, didn't they eventually do like a restraining order on her? Yeah. She kept on like showing up. Yeah. Yep. Not a good look. This girl. But I'll tell you what. She was incredible as uh, Einhorn. And she really was. She was amazing. I always forget. Because yeah. she has that little bit of yeah, screw loose. And does. I always forget that it was her in that, too. But she her was and great. Deborah Winger oh, are like my, my crazy Hall of Fame. Yeah, they are really good. Um, originally, the film was about corruption on the waterfront in San Francisco. But when Andrew Davis and Steven Seagal changed the story, they moved it to Chicago. Because obviously, Andrew Davis is a Chicago guy. Oh, is Chicago. he? Chicago. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if he's from Chicago, okay, but he yeah. loves Chicago. San Francisco would have been good, too. Yeah. Great movie location. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think. Wait, there's a Meg Brown. Oh, uh, Studio. S- Sleepless in San Francisco. No. Have you ever seen that? Uh, Pam, the Rock. Pam Greer said this is one of her favorite movies because she actually got to act in this movie. Did she? Well, did you know her film work? Yeah, so, it's exploitation stuff. But, I, but she, more than that, like, she was never anything but naked in, like, every movie she ever made. Jackie Brown, she rocks. Yeah, but Jackie Brown's 20 years later, bro. Okay, so this was, like, interviewed after this? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant for her career. No, 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 no. This is, like, after she did this film. Uh, prior to this film, she was just, like, basically treated as a piece of meat in all the films she did. She's yeah. an incredible actress, by yeah. the way. And by the way, gorgeous. Yeah, smoke show. Like, absolute smoke show. Yep. Yeah. Um, so... If you were Nico Toscani's wife, wouldn't you be like, you guys are clearly cheating with each other? I don't know. If I was Sharon Stone, I probably wouldn't have that much of a of For a Pam Greer, I don't know. I mean, rough life. <laughs> I love how, but I love how they talk about that. How like it was the mafia or the it was mafia. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, you see uh you see uh, can you believe that? Look at Nico's partner. He yeah. goes home to one of them." Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'll get a little da 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 da. Sigal likes to be the right. Sigal likes to be the coolest guy in the room at all sure, points. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Pam Pam Greer is my side piece. I mean, that's amazing <laughs> to me. So before getting who would be your marriage and side piece? Oh, oh, it would be Elizabeth uh, Shue. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue would be my marriage and, and Mary Stewart Master. Mary Stewart Master. Oh, yeah, man. 
I know you. Jeez. That's good stuff. Anyway, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> choo choo. In my pants. Oh, man. <laughs> So Next, Andrew, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. The, okay. So before so Andrew, go ahead, no, you go. Cut me off. Yep. No, you're fine. <laughs> go ahead. Andrew Davis wrote and directed this after being fired from The Running Man. Yeah. That's pretty cool yeah. during pre-production. Yeah. Bum 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 bum. That's gotta be a downgrade bum, bum, though. You gotta be like, Christ. I don't know. Not at the time. This went this was gangbusters. I don't know the running man did as well. <laughs> running man did a lot better than this. No, check the numbers. Yeah. Smarty Magoo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, this made seven point. I mean, this cost seven point five million and made eighteen point eight. Running Man made a hundred million dollars. Okay, I guess it did a little bit better. <laughs> uh, Steven Seagal picked the. <laughs> Fine, you were right. Don't be so smug. I don't even want to do that fact anymore. You're being mad. Are we done with this episode? I'm ready to go home? I am home. Steven Seagal personally selected every weapon seen in the film. Yeah, the snub nose thirty eight, the machete. What other cool weapons was there? There was something else. Piano wire. Yep. The needle chemicals. I've always been curious, what is that stuff and where can I get it? <laughs> <laughs> to make you, you tell that, like, do you remember, do you remember you, you've seen the Wolf, of, the Wolf of Wall Street, obviously, right? Steve Madden. So yeah. the the veracity in which they all use drugs yeah. makes me think of you. Yeah. In, in your youth. So really embarrassing. This is a side story, but I have to tell it. I saw the movie three times in theaters. So I'm licking this frog. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes out Christmas Day of 2012, I think. And me and my dad are in New York, and we saw a midnight showing. And I'm laughing to the point of tears. I'm talking like can't control myself, like literally, like everything hurts. And I couldn't help but notice my dad had stopped watching the movie and was watching me. Oh man! Because he's like, why yeah. is he relating to this All so much? Right. That was my mid 20s, and now yeah, we're now. a different time. Yeah, you're a big old grown up now, aren't you, Max? <laughs> we're going to Grateful Dead in Mexico in January. Big old grown up. Yeah. Do you know what the first name of this movie was? Nico. That's better. I, I don't know. Above, Above the, the law, yeah. way, but you're no, crazy. No, dude. so all Seagal movies, you can say Steven Seagal is above, above the, the law. law. Steven, Steven Seagal, Seagal is under siege. Steven, Steven Seagal, Seagal is the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> No, what are the other ones? Uh, hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, yeah. That's great. It's three words. Great. It's catchy. Yeah, you're right. So I guess Seagal and Feraldo did ride-alongs with real Chicago detectives. And the people that got pulled over and arrested were more scared of those two than they were of the cops. That's insane. Makes sense. I love it. Crazy. Yeah. So for the score of this, Andrew Davis hired his favorite musicians. Frank Zappa's drummer, Vinny Caliuta, Hiram Bullock on guitar. Uh, I mean... You know what? Well, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead. Same, who, who, yeah. same music, almost exactly the same music in uh, Code of Silence. But I love, like, you hire your favorite musicians. Sure. Oh, yeah, for what sure. What would you do? ACDC. Really? Yeah. yeah. Except the one movie that ACDC Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. Doesn't really work. No, it didn't work. Yeah. That's it's rough. Listen how wild this is. Chuck Norris was offered the lead role before Seagal came aboard. At that point, it would have literally been the exact same movie. Yeah. Nuts. Well, I mean, Coda sounds good, too. Yeah, it is. So I got, I got like, one more quasi-fact, and then I do want to hop into the Code of Silence connections, and yep. that'll actually dovetail perfectly into the characters. Elegant. Um, the problematic aspects of this movie for me are some story inconsistencies, like this bartender who seems like just an average dude. All of a sudden, after initially uh, Nico goes in there looking... Was it his niece? It was his niece, right? It was, yeah. Goes trying to find his niece and beats up everybody in the bar and smashes the bartender. Then this bartender is being interrogated by the police, but then the bartender is like hanging out with these CIA guys, but it's not until the end credits where it says CIA bartender. Makes no sense. They don't establish no. in the movie that he is a, is a member. And by the way, it doesn't come across like a CIA guy either. I've seen this movie a million times. Until I read that fact, I had no idea. Me neither. Yeah. 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 Um, that's just wild to me. 
what else on on the movie before I get into? We'll take a break and then we'll talk about the actors and actresses. What else? Anything? Uh, the arm break wasn't real. Good, good work, Max. <laughs> on that note, why don't we take a quick break for some words from our sponsors? Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at wearedolby.com. If you're buying a house and you need your mafia family to take you out of that house to protect you in their larger palatial estate, Dolby Real Estate is the real estate agents, the the company that you want to work with if you're trying to sell your house or buy a new house. They're or buy new- that bar yeah, in the supermarket. You, you would love that bar. Yeah. It's like filled with like the most riffraffy type people ever. Dolby Real Estate is there to walk you through the real estate home buying and home selling process. It's not an easy one to do, and a mistake could be treacherous, right? You could end up dropping out being of, beat up by Steven Seagal, dropping out of your private all girls school and hanging out with some guy who's selling you crack. <laughs> and that's we don't want that. Get the right house so you don't end up in that situation. I don't know. You might like You're that. You're young. Reach you out love. today. Tell them the buzz in the tower sent you. Four hundred million in sales. A thousand homes sold. There's just no one better, and uh, they're waiting for your call so they can take care of your needs. Max, I'm excited about this. I, I know we have our normal cadence that we go through when we talk about the actors and the actresses and everything else. But at the very top of this, let's start with the director. Yep. And you already mentioned Andrew Davis. So Andrew, Pretty baller career. Yeah. Andrew Davis did a little movie called Code of Silence. Yep. Was 1985. Definitely 85. If you haven't seen this movie, it is argued to be one of Chuck Norris's better films. Yeah. It's got range. Yeah. It, it's, it's very different. It's not... A, a missing in action type movie. Yeah, it's I'm a, a Delta it's Force a Chicago, guy. Yeah, I am too. It's a Chicago cop, code of silence, telling it, on other cops, breaking the thin blue line. It's strange for Chuck Norris. It feels like he's actually elevating himself. Yeah, there's yeah. acting. Yeah. It feels like there's acting yeah. in it. However, this movie, the look, the feel, yep. the, the music, yeah. the actors, yeah. the roles. Is there a family tree? There's a family tree oh, here. Oh, yeah. And Max, I got to tell you what, it's almost the exact same movie. Yep. And I'm not even going to go through everyone because I feel like that's even a little bit too much. Because I think if I did every single one of these, that you'd kill me because you're going to end up having to TikTok this anyways. But let's talk about- Where Co- the last one took off? Let's I do know, it. It was great. Yeah. Let's talk about Code of Silence, Above the Law. Okay. Okay. In Above the Law, you got Henry Silva. He plays Zagon, right? Insane. In Code of Silence, he plays Luis Camacho. Oh, yeah. In Above the Law, Ron Dean- Plays Lukic. So the older cop, who's also the cop in The Dark Knight, right? You got it. Yeah. I know what they were going to do to you, Dent. In Code of Silence, he plays Brennan. He's a good, he's looked a thousand for a million years. In Above the Law, Miguel Nino plays Chi-Chi. In Code of Silence, he plays Efren. <laughs> he's named. In Above the Law, <laughs> Joseph Casala plays Lieutenant Stroza. Okay. In Code of Silence, he plays Kobas. <laughs> so, I mean, Andrew Hold just on. Took a, yeah. Hold on. Okay. In Above the Law, Ronnie Barron is the CIA bartender. Yep. In Code of Silence, he plays Doc. Does he have the same mullet? Yeah. I just remember him going into that like Coke deal oh, yeah, when the yeah. painters come yep, in there. Yeah, yeah. That's just for starters. Yep. Okay. There's more. There's more. I'm not forget actors, okay? Actually, in, actually stop. There's in above much. no, in above <laughs> in above the law. Do you remember when they're in that briefing room and there's that white dry erase, like chalkboard or whatever? It's not yep. a dry erase, but there's like a chalkboard behind yep. them and it's like mapping some stuff out. They're mapping out the painter drug deal in Code of Silence. Oh, it's cool. all the schematics that's from like Code of wink. Silence. Yeah. It's not a wink. Yeah. It's lazy. <laughs> they just use the same pro- No, it's a wink. But Max, it's the same <laughs> damn movie. Yeah. I, I mean, if Fix you- Fix the damn roads. It's yeah. the same movie. The, but this one's better, right? I guess. Yeah. I, know, I like Chuck Norris myself. I you like it better than this? I don't know. I really do like- 
code of silence. Because this is this has the unintentional comedy. Max, there's probably more, yeah. but I'm going to give you those. Can I jump now to another incredible fact? Yeah. All right. I'm just giving you everything I got. Unload on me. I. That's a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing to say. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Yep. It's an important question, so don't screw it up. Are you aware of the connection between this movie and another movie from 2008 called Step Brothers? No. I want you to think. Are you sure? Why would there be all right a I'm, samurai sword? Okay. No, no, signed by Randy Jackson. No, let me let me walk you through this. Is that Steven Seagal, John in, Stamos. In the movie Step Brothers, you may recall the scene when Brennan, played by Will Ferrell, and Dale, played by John C. Riley, meet Derek, Brennan's brother, for the Adam first Scott. time. Adam Scott. Yeah. Uh, from Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. You recall when they met for the first time, and uh, they hated him, and they bond over hating him. Which, by the way, side note, Step Brothers might be one of my favorite movies ever. And Alice, who's played by Katherine Hahn, yep. steals the show. She's the funniest of everybody. Really in that little ball she, Max, she's incredible. Me. She's incredible. So the whole scene where they're like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. You remember all that. So then they continue to be best friends right when they say that. It kicks into the Hall and Oates song, you make, my, you make my dreams come yeah. true. Okay. That's a whole montage of them doing stuff together. You might recall when they sit down and they're watching Above the Law. Oh, my God. Hold on. Yeah. Because that, my friend, is probably what most of our listeners said. Oh, yeah, that's the connection. No, sir. Okay. The real connection is, do you know what John C. Riley's debut film was? The first role he ever had in a movie? He's not in this movie. He's in Above the Law, Max. In the bar scene, when Nico goes in there and starts smashing people up, Yeah. he plays a thug in that bar scene. Now, look. Did you I find him? I did not find him. <laughs> He's uncredited, okay. but it is it has both been verified and noted by IMDb yeah. and by him personally. Okay. And so in Step Brothers, when they're yeah. watching Above the Law, that is absolutely a wink and tip of the hat to John C. Riley's first movie that he was ever in, which is Above the Law. To any of our listeners, if you can find him, <laughs> I will send you a t-shirt. Yeah. I can't find him. Yeah. It's impossible to find him because it's blurred. Some yep. of the thugs in the background. Got it. Do you know who else is in that bar scene that does have a speaking role? Um, I do know this one. Michael Rooker. Yeah. Yeah. How wild is that? Yeah. I think that was crazy. It's really It took good. me a while to look at him. I'm like, is that John C. Riley? When yeah. I read the fact, I was like, no, it's Michael Rooker. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's Wait. not. How wild is this? It's insane. That's my, I gave you a bunch of TikTok That's material good. right That's there, good. buddy. That's going to take a while. That's going to take a long time. Actors and actresses, Max, hit me. What do you got? Steven Frederick Seagal. God bless America. Born in Lansing, Michigan. Sure he is. Did you know that? Not a, had no idea. Yeah. He seems like a Spartan. I'm is he a Sparty? He feels like a Sparty to me. He seems too reserved. No. That's I'm, what Sparty's okay. a little whiny. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Continue. Hey, what's the difference between... Uh, Good one, Max. Zing. Yeah. You got it. You got All right. All right. Uh, continue. No, why wasn't Jesus born in East Lansing? I don't know. Because there's not three wise men or a virgin there. What's the difference between a large pizza and a Michigan State grad? A large pizza can feed a family of four. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. What do you call a Michigan State grad that went to met you? You know, you're not making Michigan look good. No. What do you call a Michigan State grad that went to U of M medical school? A cadaver. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> so his paternal grandparents were Russian Jewish immigrants. So he's a Jew. I guess Stephen. You think that too? Did Sandler Steven Seagal? No, not he wasn't in the Hanukkah. Song? No, I don't think God, so. I feel like he would have been. Okay, yeah, continue. I'm sorry, but paternal grandparents. So technically, he's not. Yeah, because it's your mom. Yeah, that has to be six foot four. Sure. Yeah. So he's a tall, like for an action tall guy. Tall drink of water. Yeah. Tall violent drink of soda. <laughs> Started martial arts at the age of seven. I'm sorry. Did he start martial, martial, martial arts? Started fighting people How with about his hands. Aikido? Yeah. Started Aikido. Started doing the hand slappies. There you go. At seven. The old hand slappies. He was unique because uh, Aikido uses opponents' inertia and body weight to create- Aikido? Aikido. Yeah, a little kiddo? A little 
little kiddo, come here. Hey, did he learn how to run by Usain Bolt? Because his technique for running is incredible. <laughs> we haven't even talked about that yet, but yeah. go ahead. So he creates locks, choke holds, and holds to incapacitate them, which is interesting. Married four times, including sure. Ke- Kelly LeBrock. Uh, God, I'm butchering this. Yeah, you uh, are. It's all right. You're doing his great. His six kids' names. Wow, why do I think I could say this? Annalisa, Dominique, Arisa, Kentaro, Ayuk- Ayuko, and Kunzang. I am Kentaro. Yeah. Son of Sagal. <laughs> By the way, just out of curiosity, why has no one come up with the movie or the script, Kentaro, son of Sagal? Yeah, it sounds good. Or just have all his kids in a movie. Right? Yeah. Maybe, make them like a superhero. I'm sure they're doing really well. <laughs> Continue. He's been visiting children's hospitals for 27, 25 years. Does so that's fight them? Uh, <laughs> that you think, you're, you think, you, that. think you're better than me? The cancer's not as strong as me, little one. <laughs> I'm going to kick it out of you real quick. Come, right? come on up. <laughs> uh, he, he speaks no from, one's above the law. Not even you, Make-A-Wish, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sheriff's deputy. Uh, I, I did know that. And his movies have earned over $600 million worldwide. He was offered the villain role in Rush Hour 3. Apparently, he's hard to work. He's hard to work with. Oh, he's very hard to work. He with. He never spends more than three hours on set. <laughs> he's like a, he's a monster, <laughs> and I guess he's a singer and guitarist. Right, well, you, right now, he's Augusta Galoot. He yeah, is, he's pushing four bills. He's a big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah, and I'm a big dude, so you know he's got to be a real big dude for me to say something. Would you lean into it if you were him though? Like I don't know. I, I, so Will, Sa- life, Will Sasso's impersonation. Oh, of it's him. incredible. He's incredible. is he the best impersonator of all? Him, time? He does Schwarzenegger and Seagal. Yeah, you know and Jesse Ventura. Will Sasso. Had he not gone the mad TV route yeah. and had he made it to SNL, I think would have been, and he still had a wonderful career. Yeah. I think mad TV just like, same with the, uh, the Bobby Lee. The, yeah. Bobby Lee and yeah. Will Sasso were like the hidden gems. Of yeah. Mad TV. Uh, and the guy was like, uh, Stuart, Stuart. Oh, yeah. No. I don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love mad TV. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Do you know who the, the guy who broke free from that and did great? Who did? Uh, neighbors. Who plays um, Rogan's buddy? Oh, was he on Mad TV? Yeah, that's no, where he started. I think you're being just because stero- he looks like the Mad Magazine guy. No, I'm not. Okay, I'll look the it Mad up. Magazine guy. I know what the Mad Magazine guy looks I'm gonna like. I'm going to look this up. Hold on. This is the dumbest thing you've ever said. He does look like him. He's, he started on Mad TV. I'm going to look this up. I don't think you're right. I'm 100% right. Okay. He looks like the Mad Magazine guy. Ike Barinholtz. Best known as longtime cast member of the Setch Comedy Show Mad TV from Fine. 95 to 09. Yeah. I gave He's on there for quite a while. I gave you that cookie once. Remember with him and Will Smith in yeah. uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he was great in that. But I think of all of the people that were on, boy, I mean, I, I know this is not Aries tied. Spears. This is not tied to our podcast, but yeah. I, we should do a podcast then and now, Mad TV. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. I used to love Mad TV. I love that. was yeah. all right. There's a down period for uh, Saturday Night Live or Mad TV. Although both of them pale in comparison to me to In Living Color. And why that hasn't been rebooted and rolled back out? Yeah, Firehouse Dan. Firehouse Dan. Is that him? Fireman. Firehouse Dan. Firehouse Phil. Firehouse Dan. God, I want to break your neck. I want to Seagal your neck. Firefighter Larry. Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look what we got here. <laughs> Do you watch it all the time with your firefighter buddies? No. No. A should. Dumb question. I don't know. Those are cool. We watch with- Firehouse Dan all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Bob the Builder. Bob the Builder. Max, go. Uh, <laughs> he eats a full trifle every day. Good. Yeah, you talked about that. That's great. <laughs> so his movies: Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, Out for Justice, Under Siege, On Deadly Ground, Under Siege Two. And beyond the law, above the law, are in pre above the underneath law. the law, to the right of the law, <laughs> above to the, the left of the law. Above the law too is in pre-production. Good. Yeah. So hopefully we get another one. 
Pam Greer plays Dolores Jackson. Uh, Jax. Yeah, and she gets shot, and then uh, the the markers go away. She had a bulletproof vest. Yeah. It's like the blood she's goes away. Go. Yeah, good to go. She's great. She is great. Yeah. So she's in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I still haven't seen it. Is she? Yes. What, what is she? So she is the producer of the show. So Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the whole thing is they get their band together, yep. and they have to do this like open Mike Knight like oh. talent competition, and she's the one who's running it. But then at the very end, they learn that it's not really her. It's Rufus wearing her as a body costume. Creepy. And, and like he unzips her and comes out for like two minutes at the end of the Don't movie. Don't like that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, Mars Attacks. She's the mom. She's really great in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Henry Silva was in the original Ocean's Eleven, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, he's slim in Cannonball Run 2. Uh, Code of Silence. Like you said, he's Luis. Fist of Steel. Can I tell you something real quick? What? Do you remember Code of Silence well? Not particularly, no. Okay. So do you remember how in Code of Silence at the very beginning... There's that one cop who's drunk and he shoots a kid by accident. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's whole the whole movie. Yeah. Do you know who that guy is? Who? And you got to check it up because I just watched the clip this morning okay. and I'm like 99% sure. Okay. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Shut up. Check it up right now. I'm almost okay. positive. You look up his name uh, from Code of Silence. I'll look up what movie that is. Angels with even filthier souls. Dear God. Is it? No. Even crazier. Did you know? It's, is it Jack Palance? No, it's not Jack Palance. Okay. Crazier than that. I'm looking up right now the Home Alone, the movie that was playing in the background of yeah. Home Alone. That's not a real movie. It was made for Home Alone. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Did you know that? No. That's wild. Yeah. Max, I like how I asked you to look up literally a couple things and you failed on all accounts. Lucky for the podcast, I know how to use a computer. So It is lucky. Crazy fact number one, that movie from Home Alone is not even a real movie. Crazy fact number two is I was right. The actor's name is Ralph Foodie. And he is the gangster who says, keep the change, you filthy animal. And he's also Craigie in Code of Silence. Keep the change. I mean, I could tell. That's, that's wild. A little, little, little trip down sidetrack lane. All right, back is, to- Is connecting movies like your favorite thing? Like my brain like gives me like a little serotonin treat I do every love day. It. I do love it. <laughs> I really do. Well, are you sure that's just not the horse stimulant <laughs> that apparently you've been taking? Oh, also, I've, I forgot. <clears throat> I forgot one Steven Seagal fact. He was considered for the lead role in 1989's Batman. That would have been. <laughs> if he, what if they let him do the, the snapping yeah, and everything? Exactly. Like, yeah, a key, yeah. And a keto Batman. He, he's oh. breaking bones. I'm in for that. Yeah. I'm on board for that. Yeah. Give me, give me, if you will, give me a Super Friends movie. Are you ready for this? Yep. With Nick Cage as Superman and Steven Seagal as Batman. They're a little old at this point. Give me a <laughs> Batman versus. No, no. Go back in time with me, Max. Be there. Just close your eyes and be there with me. Give me a 1980s Batman versus Superman, okay? Yeah. With Batman played by Steven Seagal and Superman played by Nick Cage. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, <laughs> man. It'd be the most overacting weird oh, movie. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. The Batman connection don't stop, by the way. Henry Silva uh, was the voice of Bane on the new adventures of Batman and Superman. I'm sorry, the, the voice of who? Bane. <laughs> I was born in the darkness. You really adapted to it. I learned Okido. Ah, oh, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Uh, da Daniel Faraldo, uh, who played Silvano, the drug dealer. And I like to think of him as Latino Mel Gibson with okay. his hair. Yeah. yeah. He was on A-Team, Knight Rider, uh, Magnum P.I. He's on the Mayan show now. Sharon Stone played Sarah Toscano, or Toscani. She's so underused in her career. Like, there's Basic Instinct, there's Casino, and... There's uh, bro, slow down. What? Police Academy. <laughs> I can't believe he just glazed over that Oscar performance. I think she's so good looking and intense and intelligent and almost scary. It's hard to put her in a movie and not have her dominate. Yeah. 
right? I mean, she's still like she's gorgeous, yeah. man. She's Sphere gorgeous. is one of my underrated movies. Oh, Sphere's good. Yeah. I do like Sphere. Freaks me out. Event Horizon and Sphere. Both of those are kind of same flavor type. Event movies. Horizon is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty. I had nightmares yeah. for. I accidentally watched it when I was like thirteen or something. That's and another horrible story of your upbringing. It's yeah. incredible what you were allowed to watch when you were a kid. HBO was on. Did you know that uh, Joseph Casala is actually a real Chicago ex-cop? Really? Yeah, he has been in seven of Andrew Davis's movies, and he's also the technical advisor on the film. Oh, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, at least they're showing like real cops and stuff. Well, and then also Ron Dean and Joseph Casala both played Chicago detectives in The Fugitive. As well. Oh, yeah. Ron Dean just had a great career. Bullhorn guy in Risky Ron Business Dream. Dean. Uh, Breakfast Club is Andy's father. Yep. Code of Silence. Like Co- you gotta go in there and kill him. I'm just making things up. <laughs> cocktail, he's Uncle Pat. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's great in Cocktail. Uh, and Rudy, he's one of the coaches. Yep. And Dark Knight, he's, you know, the cop that's yeah, corrupt, yeah. Wurtz. Yeah. And, I mean, he's just a, he seems like. Is he corrupt in Dark Knight? Yeah, remember? Uh, I don't two, remember. Two Face goes to him at the bar. Yeah, and I, I know what they're gonna do to you, Dan. I don't know what I'm gonna do to you right now. Yeah. And then he kisses Keep him. the change, <laughs> you filthy animal. <laughs> so Nelson Fox is played by Chelsea Ross, who we yeah. all know from Major League. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's so good. Eddie Harris. He's the best. So he was a real athlete when he was a kid, apparently. Uh, did We We did a, a Major League episode, right? We talked about him quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's in Hoosiers. He's in mm-hmm. Basic Instinct. He's in Bill Ted's Bogus Journey. He is, too. Yeah. which you haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. He plays he, the military uh, guy who runs the military school. Yeah. And he's my favorite in Billions. He's Hart Bob. Oh, yeah. Like, that's who I would be in yes, that in that atmosphere. I just want what you got to give yeah, me. God, uh, God bless him. And he's the priest in my best friend's wedding. Yep. And he's also From the moment I wake up, I put on my makeup. No, before I put on my makeup and say a, a little, little prayer for you. you together forever. We're leaving my heart and I love you together. <laughs> Hidey ho. <laughs> <laughs> Just tailed off there today. Jeez, Dan, you sure <laughs> smell pretty. He's also the new coach in uh, Rudy. He's Dan Devine. Yeah. Remember when they put all the jerseys you're, on you're, his? You're uh, damn Devine. Yeah. He's got an interesting look. He kind of looks like a homeless turkey. Sure. Max, great call. Yeah. Any other uh, actors or actresses that you want to cover? Uh, No, I think that's it. Well, Max, on that note, it is the time. For being above. Wait, you guys are above the law line. Not one of the CIA agents has ever been tried, much less accused of any crime. You guys think you're above the law? Well, you ain't above mine. And on that note, Max, yeah. the Buzz and Tower Fan Spotlight. Max, this week's Buzz and the Tower Fan Spotlight is our good friend, Rich Cambriello, Bone Town Burgers. If delicious. you have a hankering for deliciousness, look no further than Bone Town Burgers. Uh, Instagram hook for that is Bone Town bone, bone Burgers. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Don't you screw this up, Max. Okay. I'm, I'm Don't sure. you dare no, I'm screw sure. this up. I'm sure. All right. I watch their stuff all the time. They make good. these delicious. They made like a giant fried egg roll the other they day. They are the only people on earth that named a burger after Buzz in the Tower. Yeah. So that's pretty And incredible. they're in the Boston area if you're in that area. So Baston? Boston. And Bass. I don't know. How to that's say a it. terrible I know. I'm Boston. sorry. All right, Max. Let's see what our good old friend Rich had to say about the best movie ever made in the 80s <laughs> above the law. Hey, Mo and Max. This is Rich Cambriello for the guest spotlight of the week coming back at you again. And this time I brought along with me. Uh, Jim Neal, also coming back again for this to talk about Steven Seagal's debut movie, Above the Law. Dun, 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 dun. Because it's such a great movie. Uh, Well, just start off by saying Steven Seagal is easily the bottom of the 80s action hero pile. Yeah. And even with that, 
this is not a good movie. No. Um, I'm not Italian by any means. I am. Rich is very Italian. And this is very wrong on every... I was offended by Steven Seagal's Italianness in this movie because... lack thereof. Oh, my God. And then... Like, what kind of Italian marries a blonde woman? Oh, wait. wait. I did that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Either way. So... The fights are very over-choreographed and boring. And just... I could almost see the stop action... Which and, I know they ended up using a few movies down the line for him, like Under Siege 2. Yeah, he's, I guess, is a good Aikido fighter, but it doesn't translate well into the movie. No. Um, also, when, there's one point where he gets jumped by, like, four dudes, and he goes running after one of them at a gingerly pace, and he, <laughs> like, doesn't know what to do with his arms, and he kind of swings them from side to side like a sassy T-Rex while he's running down this guy that tried to murder him. I like spastic to you. T-Rex. Still but sassy and spastic. They both work. He looked a mess. He's not much of a running kind of guy. It was probably the most acting he did in the entire movie. Yeah. And I also, I think it's good for him that he kind of plumped up over the years because his head is way too big for his Ooh. frame in this movie. Like Sputnik. Oh, my God. It, like Sputnik. He's like a circus peanut on a toothpick <laughs> with a black Ew. tank top. You. Good side of things, though. You had Eddie Harris from Major League. Yeah. Hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. And that was definitely a high point for me. Like, Sharon Stone is in it as his wife. I kind of felt bad for her because she has, like, five lines and she has to... Five rough lines. ...be next to Steven Seagal Ugh. as a love interest. Uh, Pam Greer was great ah, in it. She was. She was refreshing. I love Pam Greer. She is a breath of fresh air. She is. She was a blast. But, um... Yeah, as far as Steven Seagal movies go, it's either under siege or get the hell out of here. So maybe next year when you guys start doing 90s movies. Yeah, hit us jump, up for... Uh, jump either, on under siege. Or executive decision because you have Kurt Russell and his beautiful mop of hair. Yes, and Steven Seagal dies in the first like 10 minutes. But either way, we love you guys. Yep. Rich Cambriello again. Jim Neal, thanks for having us, guys. Y'all be good now. Take it easy. Bye. Max, I'm, I'm torn. I'm excited that you brought Jim along. It's twice the buck for the bang, but... Nope. Either way, they both yes, whatever. Six to one, three, three to another. <laughs> but the two of them basically just took turns gut punching above the law in the stomach. Do I respect the fact that they made a number of references to "So I Married an Axe Murder"? Yes. Did yeah. they did they screw some of the references up by accident? It's like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> it's I'll, like Sputnik. Sputnik was good. Yeah, they did peanut on a toothpick. I'll argue the bottom of the bin is the most delicious part of the ice cream bin. That one, that's the one I know I'm gross. I, yeah, you know, I, sometimes I, I just have to remember that you and I are trash pandas no, no, and no. they actually gave what was more of a, <laughs> a realistic review of this movie where you and I are like above the law, <laughs> 10 Oscar nominations, My God. Steven Seagal's greatest work. Uh, Rich and Jim, thank you so much for all of your notes and feedback on this movie. I tend to agree with you in this regard. Uh, Sharon Stone would have been nice to see more and Pam Greer was a breath of fresh air. But I didn't need too much fresh air because the sweet smell of Chicago garbage filled my nostrils. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming on, guys. Appreciate the support as always. Max, that concludes our episode on Above the Law. Reminder to all of our wonderful listeners to please subscribe, follow, leave a review, five stars. If you need more content, social media, any platform, preferably TikTok, at B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Check out our website, buzzinthetower.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash buzzinthetower. On that note... We've got football in about an hour. Yeah, about an hour. I'm excited for that. 
Happy Thanksgiving. We've got Thanksgiving. To a turka lurka do. How many people? <laughs> how many people you got? 28 this year. Oh my God. Are yeah. you deep frying again? Heck yeah, dude. A pecan? There's only, I don't do the pecan encrusted anymore. Okay. I do a beer. Too bold? I do a beer butter injection. Okay. And then I drop that bird in some hot peanut oil and <laughs> I get him in the plums, the bird in the plums. I'm surprised actually you don't get called more for fires on Thanksgiving because of all the exploding turkeys. You know, I think that this is one of those things that's fake news. Yeah. Like in order to screw up deep frying a turkey, you, you gotta have to drop make the some, thing. You have to make some massive mistakes. Yeah. Like first mistake. It can't be frozen. Hiring me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even let you microwave a turkey. I wouldn't want anything to do with it. You're not allowed to microwave a turkey, right? <clears throat> you can microwave anything. You can milk anything. It's not gonna it's not gonna cook. It sure can. Have you ever microwaved uh chicken before? Raw chicken? That's not a thing. It is. No, it's not. You can nuke anything, bud. You're lying. I'm not. Go home and try. Just let me know how it pans <laughs> out. Max on that note. I need you to pick me up in the hospital. <clears throat> To you, Selena, the Sanders clan, I want to wish you a very happy holidays and a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you guys enjoy. And uh, I got nothing else. What do you got? Uh, I just want to congratulate you because you just made number four on the most wanted list. <laughs> Couldn't even say it. <laughs> most wanted list. Wanted? Yes. And you Say you, martial arts. Martial arts. Martial. Where's the T? Hey, Max. Yeah. Have a great day. I'll see Bye. you later. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.